guys welcome to touch by prayer wow i so love that intro thank you so much miguelifornia let's just get some people coming in i we had some problems with <laughs> with some uh, broadcasts and so i wanted to make sure i got my d live group in the house we always have a dance party over on d live um, so I just wanted to make sure that uh, you guys are here. You watched the replay from this morning. Oh, well, I'm so glad, Trace. I'm so glad. So, oh my gosh, it is, it is going to be such a good show. It is going to be such a good show. It is going to be filled with laughter. You might need some tissues. Seriously, you might need some depends. I, it just depends on the situation because it is going to be a laugh fast. And I'm just going to give a few more minutes for people to pop on. I know that Foxhole is in the house. Woohoo! We had some Foxhole problems this morning, but I think that we resolved them. 
Um, and so thank you guys for just lifting up uh, Methods and the crew. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. I see that Facebook is here. I see some D Live people. Let's let's just see who we got here. We got Trace. Um, let's see. We got uh, Lauren. Hey, Lauren. We got Paige. We got some Paige. Okay, so we got we got some people in here. There we are. We had some uh, had some technical problems, but you know what? It's okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Okay, so we are good to go. Oh, you guys are so fun. Thank you, guys. <laughs> and okay, so we are good. We are good. We are good. Okay, so let's just let me just do a quick little intro for those of you who don't know me. My name is Lisa Perna, and uh, welcome to Touch by Prayer. I also do a broadcast every morning. It's called Crown Chats. So let me just put up my little graphic for Crown Chats. Hello, discussions from a heavenly perspective every morning. You can find me at 830 here on YouTube, on DLive, and any other platform that you're watching on. I'm also on the Twitch. So I just wanted to go ahead. If you are also watching me, you can watch me on my website, which is touchbyprayer.com. I'm trying to get my crown shots over there. So we're going to start doing that. Also, if you go over to the YouTube channel, you can go ahead and hit the like button, hit the the, like cling the bell, I think is what they do. And that helps to change the algorithms. You can also join the, D, the DLive dance party because it is always so much fun. Also, of course, we got Foxhole. Thank you guys from Foxhole. Always such a joy to be there. I know that you guys are you guys are so awesome. You guys rock. Um, also, um, if you go over to CloudHub channel 131, also on Foxhole and over at CloudHub, a bunch of my friends, Miguel California, also Greg Harvey, Praying Medic, Andrea Joy, Julie Lavender, Uncle Larry's coming over. We also have Amy Graff. So there's a bunch of people. You could also follow me on my socials, which is Instagram. Twitter, Touch by Prayer, and of course, as I said, the Twitch. Okay, I think I got that out of control. Uh, not out of control, but out of the way. <laughs> also, for those of you who would like to come, I usually don't talk about it, but I do have a women's conference called Daddy's Girl and is going to be this uh, coming June 25th and 26th, Spirit Life Church. If you guys want more information, you can also go to my website. So there you go. Okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Touch by Prayer. Please share this out because I am telling you, <laughs> you don't want to miss this show. It is going to be so much fun. My guest, well, first of all, Steve Rizzo is an incredible comedian. He is just ridiculously funny. And I actually got the the privilege of um, working with him at Rascal's Comedy Club when he was actually, you know, being paid to... Um, to make people laugh. And I was paying, I was being paid to make people drink to make them laugh. So that's what we were doing. It's kind of like a tag team effort because uh, that's where we kind of met. And so I just wanted to give you just a little, oops, I don't know if this is, I think this is him. Okay. This is just a little bit of the very awesome Steve Rizzo. How many pet lovers? We have pets out there. People love your pets. I love, I have three labs. My wife's the dog trainer, three labs, a cat and four exotic birds. Now, how many cat lovers are out there? See, I think I love cats. Cats are the coolest animals on the face of the planet. You know why? Because every cat on the planet, watch them. You'll start your day off in a great mood. Cats, I don't care where they live, have a New York attitude. Watch the way they walk. They destroyed. Hey, how you doing? All right, hey. <laughs> I'm serious. If cats could talk, they'd go, meow, meow, bada bing, meow. 
Hey, I'm walking here. They always have that attitude. How you doing? Dogs are the complete opposite. I love my labs, but they are the most neurotic animals on the face of the planet. Dogs always have that stupid, guilty look on their face, even if they didn't do it. You know, you come home and you go, who made this mess? Oh, God, it must have been me. I'm so sorry I was walking. It came out. Apparently, I'm not well. <laughs> and the cat's hanging out in the living room going, what a moron. Jeez, what is your problem? I did it, and you take the blame. And I have exotic birds. I love my birds. I have an African gray. Do yourself a favor. Tonight, tomorrow, whenever you want to, go online. Look up African gray. It will tell you it is the smartest animal on the planet. Beats out chimpanzees now, dogs, and dolphins. We weaned this bird since it was a baby. It has an incredible vocabulary. It'll talk like me to get my wife's attention. It'll talk like my wife to get my attention. Just the other day, she was on her perch in the kitchen. She went to get off to go for a walk, and she's walking in the kitchen. One of the dogs are in the way, and she goes, Wally, move. I said now. The dog goes, geez, what the heck? <laughs> and as the dog is walking away, the bird's looking at him going, good boy, good boy. <laughs> I'm not making this up. It has a sense of humor. It sits on its perch in the kitchen and beckons to all three dogs. Wally, Jesse, Randy, dinner's ready. And the dogs are running around the house looking for their food. And they look up at the bird, and the bird's looking at them going, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> These are the things I take with me. These are the things that can put you in a great mood. That's how you get through the day. I remember this stuff as when I'm on the road. Another thing that can put you in a great mood every day, do something nice for somebody. Do something nice for somebody. There's nothing that can bounce you back to enjoy the day than that. If you're walking through town, for example, and you see a parking summons, summons on someone's windshield, just walk over to it, rip that sucker up, and throw it away. <laughs> Why should that person have to pay for that? And you'll feel so much better. All these things that I am telling you is giving you a different thought process, a different focus to look at life from a different perspective. Scientists are all in agreement today that our lives move in the direction of our most dominant thoughts and what we focus on day in and day out. Not only do our lives move in the direction of what we focus on and what we think about, but those very things that we're thinking about and focusing on are moving closer to us. In other words, people, the more you focus on your lack, the more of that you're going to get back. There you go. Funny, right? Well, let's not keep him waiting any longer. Welcome to Touch by Prayer, Steve Rizzo. Steve, welcome! I love you. I think you are so hysterical, and I just am so, so honored that uh, I get to have you here on Touch by Prayer. Well, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. You Absolutely. <laughs> and oh my gosh, that's so funny. So, okay, so that that is kind of kind of your cleaned up version of comedy. <laughs> because when I knew you, like we had a lot more, not so much bada bing, but there were some other words that were used. But 
<laughs> but, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we, yeah. but but but, and it was so funny because um, you do impressions, and but you talk about everyday situations and are able to give give a voice to to uh, like to the cats and to the dogs and to the animal characters, and you're able to bring the funny out of out of things that if they could only talk, <laughs> you know, what would they say? And I love, I loved some of the way that you would bring comedy in, a, in such a different way because it was, it was just a very different perspective because we don't always think like, what is our dog or our cat going to say? But it was so perfect. And so you kind of left. Well, I, well before we go, before we shift, I, I do want to bring something up because one of my favorite bits that you did um, well, I'm going to let you talk about it. <laughs> why don't, why don't you talk a little bit about your radio interview that oh, you had you back have that in one? the day? I do. I do have that one. So when that was back in uh, uh, the big nineties mm-hmm. and I was doing a radio show, syndicated radio show, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, but it went throughout the entire country. It was called the John Boy and Billy show. And um, I love these guys and they love me because I was the northerner. And at that time, you know, my New York attitude was more like this, you know. So um, they uh, they said, oh, well, you're originally from from Brooklyn, New York. And uh, I said, yeah. And I went into this bit and you could well, it, it's it's about something that was happening in that era when uh, Argentina was at war with the, the Falcon Islands. And it was a big thing going on. So that's how. Well, let's not let's not give too much away. Let's let them enjoy because okay. it's it's the cleaned up version. But we're right. just gonna. <laughs> you guys can tell I'm from Brooklyn, right? So well, that's where you're from originally, huh? Originally, yeah. I thought it was somewhere yeah. other than here. Yep, that's where I'm from. People say people from Brooklyn curse a lot, but they don't mean to. Certain, right? Yeah, certain words are adjectives to them. Like when I was going to college, I was in a history class with a friend of mine who was from Brooklyn, and a professor was talking about when Argentina attacked the Falkland Islands. <laughs> so, this guy's going, yo, professor, what Falkland Islands are you talking about? So the professor's like, yo, I don't think you understand. He's going, hey, no, you don't understand. I ask you a question. I gotta know what Falkland Islands you're talking about. There's Falkland Islands all over the place. What am I supposed to put on a test for crying out loud? So the professor's like, look, there's only one Falkland Islands. Like, hey, moron. Hey, read my lips, all right? There's Falkland Islands all over the world. Look at the map. Look at it. See those little pieces of dirt floating around in the water? Do you know what they are? They're Falkland Islands. You got the Hawaiian Falkland Islands, the Bermuda Falkland Islands, the Caribbean Falkland Islands, and somewhere on there, you got Gilligan Falkland Islands. Okay, I, I have a confession because anytime, so I I worked I worked at Roscoe's Comedy Club. That's where I got to meet Steve, and um, and so whenever Steve was here, we would use the Falkland Islands. <laughs> The entire weekend, we just would all. And we would, and we would, we would be dying. We would be in the back, hysterically cracking up. And um, and so when you when you decided because you know the 
the comedy was so huge in the 80s and the 90s. And then it kind of took a nosedive in like the late 90s. It started to just kind of go, woo. Yeah. And then it became not funny. <laughs> and like, and people like you are so funny. You know, it was like, okay, what are you going to do with all of this humor? And so you, you, you actually decided to start doing motivational speaking, which um, was really interesting because you were able to use comedy to shift work environments. So let's see, I, I do have a clip because I really thought this was very interesting. So we're going to just kind of put this up because I'm sure that there's comedy because with you, there's there's always comedy. So everybody seems to be, <laughs> everybody is loving. <laughs> as soon as you open up your eyes, th folks, this is how you create an unstoppable, optimistic attitude to succeed every day. This is very simple. It's not brain surgery. It's brain adjustment. Okay. As soon as you open up your eyes, understand that you enter into consciousness. It is at that moment that your creativity is at its most powerful. At that moment, you have an opportunity to steer your thoughts and your emotions in the direction that you want them to go. In other words, you can choose to seize the day or you could let the day seize you. I think we can all agree that today, too many people wake up in the morning and as soon as they open up their eyes, the first thing they focus on is the grueling day that they had the day before. All the things that didn't turn out the way they wanted it to go. Then they start thinking about the grueling day that lies ahead of them, the traffic jam that they have to be into. And then they can't understand why, when they're going into work, their energy level is down here. And with what you're trying to accomplish, with the responsibility that you have, it has to be up here. It has to be up here. So what I'm asking you to do, as soon as you open up your eyes, before you take the covers off, before you plant your feet on the floor, is to think of something or someone that you are totally grateful for in your life. I don't care who it is, and I don't care what it is. Maybe it's the person lying next to you. Maybe you're thinking of your children, the dog that's lying on the side of the bed, the cat that's laying on the other side of the bed. Maybe you're listening to the birds outside the window in your house. Maybe you're thinking of your home. Maybe it's a particular goal that you achieved or someone that you helped a couple of days before. Folks, it doesn't matter what it is or who it is. Just feel it with your heart and soul and keep building from there. Why am I asking you to do this? Because gratitude is the most powerful connection you have to your higher self. You always want to start your day connected to your higher self. The reasons are obvious. When you're connected to this higher part of yourself, your life just flows throughout the entire day. When you're confronted with a challenge, that's all it is. You don't take it personally. It's just a challenge. It's a part of life. And you know there's something within you that can deal with it and meet it and overcome it and be blessed by it. When you're not connected to this higher part of yourself, life becomes very difficult. Okay, so, so we see that, that you were on a journey. That's what it looks like. It looked like you were starting to find, because you kept talking about your higher self, and that's something that a lot of people are, they're trying to, to figure out, where, where is that part of my life where I can live in complete peace and in freedom and so you, you, you think that you kind of got it, but, but then life kind of has a funny way of throwing some curveballs. Would you say that? Uh, fastballs <laughs> and curveballs. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you get hit by them. <laughs> mm, okay. So, so let's talk about that. So how long did you, did you do the motivational speaking circuit? I, I did it uh, for over 20 years, headline clubs, theaters, colleges throughout the country. 
but something started happening. Uh, my my opening acts were Drew Carey, Chris Rock, Rosie O'Donnell, Dennis Miller, uh, Jerry Seinfeld opened for me. And this is before they were big stars, of course. And uh, there was a point in my comedy career where I couldn't uh, understand why my opening acts were getting all the big breaks. Why was it not opportunity knocking on my door? Uh, I came to the harsh reality that uh, opportunity was knocking. I was just afraid to open the door. Um, and I went on a quest to better myself. I had a major fear of success and failure. And uh, on this quest, I read every self-help book that you could possibly imagine, went to Tony Robbins seminars, went to spiritual retreats, uh, meditated every day, prayed every day. And I uh, realized that my negative labels, my toxic labels from my past were dominating my life. Uh, I was told by a guidance counselor when I was in eighth grade that I wasn't smart enough to go to college. He said it in front of my mom and dad. I was voted least likely to succeed in my senior class in high school. And unknowingly, and this is that's just a few things, but unknowingly, uh, I took those toxic labels into my adult life. And they were the determining factors for many of the choices that I made. Um, I did go to college after five years after high school. Uh, I graduated with high honors and uh, uh, degrees in uh, uh, psychology, education, uh, English, and I went back to the same school that I graduated from, where the same guidance counselor told me I wasn't smart enough to go to college, and I became a counselor with for kids with behavioral problems, and I taught English, proving once and for all that guidance counselors are fortune tellers. So I did the school thing for like three years, and as I was doing that during the day, I started doing stand-up part-time on the Long Island clubs, at all the clubs, and... Um, I was getting really good at it. Uh, it hit me really fast. And before you know it, I quit the school system, went on the road, everything was going great. But unknowingly, I thought I had those toxic labels under control. They came back with a vengeance in my comedy career. And I avoided many, many, many major opportunities that were coming my way. And instead of auditioning at the clubs in Long Island, I mean, uh, in Los Angeles, I decided to stay on the road to be a big fish in a small pond where I was I was considered one of the best road comics in the country, but I was afraid to do the auditions because in the audience for the auditions were the industry people and they're the ones that make the decisions. And I was afraid that I wouldn't be chosen. So I never did it. So after I went on this quest, this after reading all these books and going to these spiritual seminars and a major shift started taking place within me. And uh, this incredible belief that I had about myself just started coming to the forefront. And uh, through the years, I was still doing stand-up, but a part of me was saying I should be doing something else. I just know I should. And I was afraid to make that move. And it was at a Tony Robbins seminar where I was watching him. With that, and he had an audience of thousands of people. And I remember picking up a pen. And unknowingly, I wrote on this piece of paper, I could do this. And then another 20 minutes went by and I picked up the pen again, unknowingly I said, I should do this. And then a little bit more time went by and I wrote, damn, I'm doing this. I still have that paper, it's, it's in my office somewhere on, on, on a wall. And uh, I made this decision that I'm gonna be a motivational speaker. Had no idea how to do it. Uh, but once I made the decision, 
everything started falling in place. And um, I gradually weaned from stand-up to getting uh, speaking gigs all around the country. Um, so now I, uh, I have this message that, that I give to people. It's always entertaining. And, and that's what makes me as popular as I am in the circuit because today we live in the United States of entertainment. The attention span of the average audience is very minimal. So I start off with making them laugh. I grab their attention. They trust me because they like me because you trust people who will make you laugh. There's a whole psychology involved. And uh, in between, I hit them with this message and uh, that's what I've been doing. And I'm, I'm having a blast doing it. That's it definitely awesome. Was, it definitely was a higher calling, you know, without a doubt. So. Okay. So, so here you are, you're, you're doing now the motivational speaker thing. And mm -hmm. so are you feeling fulfilled? Because now you're like, okay, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to go out because you were a very well respected motivational speaker and you were very well, um, let, let's put it this way. Like your, your calendar was very full. Yeah. So you were very successful and, and you were also booked all the time, correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that. So did that fulfill you? Did you feel like that was, you felt, ah, okay, here are, I gotten over these things. I, I thought I got over the things. Ah, I, yeah. I allowed my ego to take over. And the most important thing was, was how popular am I going to be? And because I didn't get to the accolades that I should have, should have gotten as a standup, I figured, oh, now I'm going to do it here. And um, it wasn't productive. And uh, just when I thought I had everything under control, my negative labels came back again with a vengeance. And uh, it just turned my whole world upside down. The economy tanked in 2008. A lot of my bookings were canceled. I had just bought a house. It, it was renovated. It was gutted and renovated. It caused a lot of tension. I started having money problems, digging into my retirement account. And after about a 32-year marriage, I, I left my wife um, and I, uh, I said, something's not right with me. Um, and it was such an abrupt decision. And everyone thought I was losing my mind. And it, actually, I was. I actually know what it means to go out of your mind, to lose your mind. I actually, I've been there. That, that means you just, you just do these things without thinking. And I woke up one morning and I said to my wife that I'm moving to California. And she couldn't understand what was going on. I mean, after 32 years of marriage. And uh, I said, I have to find out what's wrong with me. And I said, I have to face my demons. And uh, the toughest decision I ever made. And I did. Uh, everyone was begging me to see a psychiatrist and uh, uh, to, to, to think before I, before I act. And I went there and I rented this room on Marina Del Rey. It was a small little apartment, which was very expensive. It was on the marina. And um, every day I had bad moments trying to figure out what was wrong. But every time I got close to the answer, something within me couldn't face it. So one morning, after working out at my 24-hour gym, I took a walk on Venice Beach at about 5 o'clock in the morning, which is not a very safe thing to do. Um, and I remember I lost it, lost all control. 
I mean, the emotions, if anyone would have seen me, I was screaming at God, actually cursing at God. What is going on? I've been praying. Why aren't you answering me? And then I took this step and I said, what the hell is wrong with me? And what am I doing here? Then I took another step and I heard a voice within me. You know what's wrong and you know why you're here. You're just way too caught up in your drama to find the answer. It's time for you to walk your talk. And I went, holy crap. <laughs> holy crap. And I, I was exhausted with tears and just, you know how you're, you're just mm -hmm. drained? Mm -hmm. And I ran all the way to my car, got into my apartment and I started writing. Cause when I write, I, I write on a pad and then I type it in the computer. I asked another question and another answer came. I asked another question and another answer came. I asked another question. I wrote for like six hours, just stuff that didn't make sense. And I let it go and a couple of days went by and I reread what I wrote and I said, oh my God, I don't remember writing this. And I continued writing and I realized I was writing a book and it's all dialogue. And the name of the book is called Conversations with Bob. It's complete, it's finished. Um, in, in my view, it's the best thing I've ever done because it just came from here. Ego had nothing to do with it. And I'm not, the book isn't out yet, but it is finished. I'm in the process of looking for the right publisher. And, um, um, I stayed in California for three years, uh, two years. Uh, one morning I woke up. Just like that, I said, it's time for me to go back to Long Island. And I did. And um, this is where I am at this point in my life. Okay. And I'm still, and I'm still going through stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, because we're, we're a work in progress. We're, yeah. We don't, we, we continue to grow and, and, and because, so let's, let's stop for one second. I'm going to go back just a little bit because. Um, you sent me this, you sent me a manuscript of the book and yeah. you said, because you knew that I was doing touch by prayer mm -hmm. and, and you, I think you said you watched a couple episodes. So you knew where I was in my spiritual journey. And so you wanted to, to hear my, my take on it. And so, so I read, I read it and I was like, holy moly, like the, the conversations because with Bob, who is, God. who is Bob? Is God. 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 And so conversations with Bob is really conversations with God. But it's, and can you just talk about like why you picked the name Bob? Because it's in the book, but it's. It, it, it comes, it, it's in the book. I'm not going to get exactly when you get the book, you'll find out why. Right. It's, it's a very, it's a funny book. As you it's know. very funny. It's very I mean, funny. It's between a dialogue between Bob and Bernie. Bernie represents. Every Man. person on this planet, everyone, male, doesn't matter if you're male, female, doesn't matter how wealthy you are, race, religion, social status, famous or infamous. Every one of us has doubts, fears, anger, and other negative emotions to deal with at various stages throughout our lives. Always, always. So uh, Bernie represents everyone. And the conversation ensues because Bernie winds up in this place. He doesn't know if it's heaven. And he wants to talk to 
the Almighty. And and uh, again, I'm not going to get into why he's called Bob, but the conversation ensues, and Bernie talks to this person, and the person says, well, we like to call him the big kahuna here. He goes, well, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you call him, then I'll just call him Bob. I don't care what you call him, whether you call him Superman, Wonder Woman, the Almighty, the Force, the Light, the Universe, the Divine Matrix, I want to talk to Bob. So uh, finally he gets to meet Bob and the book is all this conversation. And Bob tells Bernie that um, uh, you are the only problem you'll ever have. And somewhere within you, there is a solution waiting to be discovered. That's one of the principles. And the other principle in the book is you and you alone are the creator of your success and happiness. And the third principle is um, whenever you're confronted with a situation or a challenge, regardless of its magnitude, it's never a matter of managing the situation. It's always a matter of how you manage your mind. Can you manage your mind and the thoughts and the emotions that are keeping you from finding the solution that's waiting to be discovered? So Bob tells Bernie that uh, when Bernie even accuses Bob, he says, you didn't answer my prayers. He goes, I did. I planted many seed possibilities for that, for that seed possibility to flourish. But you looked at the prayers the same way you look at your life. You never thought it was going to work, but yet you expected me to answer you. And he goes, did you ever hear of the saying, God helps those who help themselves? And Bernie says, yeah, I've heard it my whole life. He goes, well, apparently you don't know what it means. You have to meet me halfway. You can't pray for success and then two minutes walk away thinking the prayer is not going to be answered. You can't pray for peace of mind and get, get in your car and start cursing at everyone in traffic. You have to make the move. You have to meet me halfway. And when you do, and you know from with unconditional faith that that prayer will be answered when it's supposed to be answered, not in the timeline that you think it's going to be answered or in the form or in the way that you think it's going to be answered, it will be answered. But you can't do anything without faith, with the belief that it's going to happen. He said, you are your worst enemy. Your thought process, you're always in the negative zone. You're not aware that your thoughts create your beliefs and yet your beliefs create the way that you feel. And all that creates this cycle that creates the typical attitude that you have at any given day. And you've taken that with you in every facet of your life. When you start helping yourself, I will be there to help you. The seed possibility would always be there, but it's up to you to nourish the seed. And that's and, basically, go ahead. Okay. No, I'm just going to say this, that, so I want to, I want to give a biblical perspective just because this is touched by prayer. <laughs> and so, um, because what you're saying, Steve, is actually very biblical because there, there is scripture that actually backs every single one of those thoughts, which one of them, it says that we can't be double-minded, that we can't believe one way, then, right. then turn around and say, that's not, that, that, that's not going to happen. That's being double-minded. And so right. if you're double-minded, God can't, you're not going to get your prayers answered. Right. It, because right. It, it says there's a scripture and it says that if you say to a mountain that to be cast into the sea and you do not doubt. See, there is that doubt. It's like that doubt is the faith killer. So yeah. what you what you were saying is basically that when we speak doubt into a situation, we kill the faith that it takes that makes that seed grow. Yep. Yeah. 
So we'll, we'll, we'll start with that one. Number two, it says that God can't do things if you're sitting still or if you've, you've come into agreement with what the enemy wants to do. So we're going to say those negative thoughts. Anything that you come into agreement with, you have free will in. So you are going to come into agreement with, with um, that you're not going to be successful or that God doesn't want to answer your prayer. Whatever that is, whatever that thought is, what you shake your hands with becomes your reality. Yep. So as there was, um, there's a woman, her name is Joyce Meyer, and she, she calls it stinking thinking, which I love. <laughs> um, so because we do, because we have been taught we have been taught incorrectly of the principles of how heaven works and how God works. And I think that, you know, when I read your book, I was like, this is such a great book for somebody who has absolutely no understanding of God, but is searching for something that's not religious because this is exactly. not religious. So it's, it's actually, and that's what I loved about this book. Because as I was reading it, I'm like, holy smokes, there's a scripture for this. There's a scripture for that. There's a scripture for that. So everything that you were saying was scriptural. It was scripturally sound, but I sort of. It, I put it in layman's terms. You're right. I exactly. put it in that. And that's why God or Bob guided me to write the book, because you know as well as I do, there are millions of people on this planet who are trying to reach out to this higher part, but they don't know how. This book is just a simplistic way for you to find your own path. Right. It's just letting you know that there is a higher part of us within each and every one of us that has the answers to all your problems. Won't make your problems go away possibly, but will help you work your way through it. You know, well, and, it's all, and, and it's all what you're bringing to the table by your thought process. And it's like you said, and if, if this is what you believe, then that will become your reality. It doesn't have to be true. But if you believe that it's true, that's all that matters in your world. That's so right. the book shows you how to shift your focus and your way of thinking to connect to the part of you that will instill the faith to keep moving on with your life, knowing that the prayer is going to be answered. It always is. It's just that it has to happen when it's right, not when you think it's right. Well, see, okay. So, so, you know, I'm going to, because we, we've had conversations. <laughs> You, you and I have had conversations and there are, there are some things that, that I believe that I think differently, um, but I respect because a lot of people coming from like you and I, we both came from a Catholic background and being not, not trying to say anything bad about the, but religion, all religion hides the truth about who God really is. And it hides the truth of the power that we have behind the words that we speak, because yeah. it says that life and death is in the power of our tongue. Both blessings and cursings come from them. And so if we're speaking blessings, we're going to, to pull up and activate, you know, remember the, there was um, a book, it was uh, called The Secret. The, I, I have the answer to the secret. The secret was actually based on biblical principles and they tried to hijack it and say that it was something new age, but it was really based in biblical principles because the way that God has set up the foundation of earth, that there are, there are basic laws, there are laws. And so the law of attraction basically says that what you speak out is what is, is going to be produced. It's a seed, just like you were saying. Okay. So if, so if we think about, if we think about like 
every time we speak, if you ever been to a watermelon spitting contest, Steve, did you ever see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Every time that we say something, a big old watermelon seed comes out and it lands in the ground. Now, if it's a blessing, it's going to be fruitful and it's and it's going to be great to be around. Now, it's, if it's a curse, you're going to, God knows what you're going to get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Something's going to be produced in it, but you probably won't want to be around it and you probably won't want to, you know, be anywhere near it. But the truth is you will be. Yes. Because when we spit stuff out, we are there is a circle and we're going to, we're basically going to eat whatever we are sowing. It's a sowing and reaping exactly. process. But most people, and that's, yes, but most, the scary thing is, is that most people aren't aware that they're on this negative rampage. Some people call this negative self-talk. You know, you you say a prayer and you 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 have all the confidence in the world in the prayer that it's going to be answered, and all of a sudden a month goes by and you start saying, and this is where it starts. I knew this was going to happen. Every time I ask for something, it never happens. Everybody else has what I want. What, what, when am I going to get the respect and appreciation that I deserve? Every time I try to do something, I go two steps up and five steps back. That's some people call it negative self-talk. I call it self-curse talk. Oh, come on. That's good, Steve. Come on. Let's do that. Self-curse because you're casting a spell on your life. Yeah, that's so good. It doesn't have to be true, but if you believe that it's true, that's all that matters in your world. And we create our own realities and people don't know it. And it's an endless cycle. You have to become aware of what you're doing. As As Bob says in the book, awareness will set you free. When you start becoming aware of what you're doing and what you're saying to yourself, at that moment, you have an incredible opportunity to turn it around and think productive thoughts that will create a productive belief system that will create a certain way that you feel and those feelings will create the attitude you have and all of that, that cycle will lead to the actions that you take and that will lead you to a particular outcome. It's so simple, but we make it more difficult than it has to be. Every negative emotion, as Bob says to Bernie, is a destroyer of the spirit. Come on, that's so good. I'm telling you, this is a really, really good book. Well, I can't wait for you guys to get it because it's really a good book. But and the the thing that I love about it is it's it's really a great way to, you know, we'll talk about red pilling people. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> you know, we red pill people and tell people the truth. Well, this is a this is a God pill. This is a God pill to give people like, hey, I got something for you to try. Let me, let me just and, give you this. And it's right? funny. And and Bob even yeah. says that, you know. Uh, you know, humor was one of the greatest gifts they've ever given people. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, people don't use it enough. Yeah. And and Bob is hysterical in it. And I and that's oh, what very brings, funny. Yeah. That's what brings it to life because when 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 Bernie meets Bob in, in Bob's office, when Bernie finally realized that it's God and goes, I'm, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to call you Bob. He goes, No, I like Bob. He goes, it makes me seem more familiar and friendly to people. People don't have to be afraid of me. They don't have to think that I'm some being up there somewhere that I'm within them and they can talk to me. And so let's, let's stick with Bob for a while, you know, and, and that's, that's. It is, it's really brilliant, but okay. So, so I'm, because I don't want you to, I I don't want you to give too much of the book away because. No, I'm not. (laughs) We want to, we want it. We want to wait till, yes, we want to get it out. But, but, but this is, this is the, the thing that I love is, the lessons that you got through these conversations, because you here you were using, you know, you were doing the the motivational speaker, but but it wasn't 
it wasn't making the sense that no. you started to get until you started to get the revelations from from God. Because Bernie is me. <laughs> it was a self-analysis. See, uh -huh. Bernie's me and Bob is me. Because yeah. Bob is in everyone. God is in everyone. It's in you and everyone that's listening. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually having a conversation with the higher part of myself. That's what it is. That's And we can all do this. What You people can do this. Everyone listening to me, listen, you can do that. You can talk to that higher part of yourself. And, and, and when you do, expect the answers to come in so many incredible ways. Whether it's a commercial, somebody says something to you, or you hear a stranger say something, you see a billboard when you're driving. It could happen at any moment, at mm -hmm. any moment, and it's a it's an incredible it's an incredible. As a matter of fact, I'll share a story. I think I told you this, Lisa. There's a park right near me, and um, I have conversations with Bob every day. Uh, I don't not a day. I, I'm always talking. As a matter of fact, my my one of my, my closest friend, I've been living with him for three years now. He at the beginning, I've known him since I was 14. He's going, Who the hell is in your room with you? I said, It's just me. He goes, Well, I hear two voices. I said, It's me and Bob. He goes, Well, then there is someone in your room. I said, No, he goes, well, who the hell are you talking to? <laughs> Bob. So um the lessons I get, it's just insane. So I'm at the park, and this was a while ago. And I took out, I, I, I'm looking at this beautiful, magnificent tree. And I said, wow, Bob, that is some magnificent creation that you made here. He goes, I said, thank you. It's unbelievable. And I go to take out my phone to take a photo of the tree. And I actually heard Bob say, well, there you go again. It's not really the voice. It's a feeling that I have that it's of really course. speaking to me. Though, right. So I go, what do you mean there I go again? He goes, you were so in the moment of appreciating my creation. And what did you do? You took out your phone to take a photo of it so you could have something to remember in the future, totally negating the wonderful experience that you were feeling in the moment. And he said, listen to me, life can only be experienced in the moment, not in the past and not in the future. Put the camera down, experience the feeling you were feeling. And then after the feeling is over, then take the photo and walk away. And I just walked away going, whoa. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. That's the relationship I believe we can all have. That's so you, the relationship we can all have. So can I share something with you? Did I share this no. with you? No, I, I don't because I don't think you. I don't think you knew this. But one one time, I was driving in my car. I was driving to work, and I asked. I was you know, listening to the Lord and the Lord was, oh, uh, you know, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I was like, I was like, you know, no, I go, what do you want to talk about? He's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, no, really, what do you want to talk about? I want to hear what you want to talk about. And he said, I like trees. <laughs> wow. Dead wow. serious. Wow. And, and he said to me, Steve, he said, I like trees. He says, because they always praise me. They're for, they're, the trees are continuously praising God. All of creation praises God. Even yeah. the rocks, right? That's scripture. And he says so the the trees are always praising me. And he says, and and trees don't ever worry when they lose like a branch because they know that they will grow new ones. And they also know that sometimes they have to lose things so that they can actually go get stronger. Because as as things fall down, it actually that's part of that like pruning process. Yeah. So it comes back double. 
And he says, and, and it says that um, the roots, he says the thing about the roots, he says that the roots know that they need to go deeper in order for them to go taller. And I, and he's telling me all of this and he says, and he says, and they never think that when stuff falls off that, or, or things die, that they're going to die. They know that coming in the spring, that they have to shed the stuff to be prepared yep. for the winter. He says, yep. because they know that in the spring that they're going to get new stuff. And he yep. says, and he said, and the leaves, the leaves have a, there's a reason for the color of the leaves. He goes, and when it's fall. I'll tell you about it. I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, right? And so I was like, oh. so one day, like now that must have been in August. So now it's like late September, early October. And I'm driving through a part of New Jersey and the trees are starting to change. And I love, I love the fall, love the fall. And so I'm looking at the trees and I'm all excited. And all of a sudden I hear the Lord and he says, Lisa, do you want to know about the color of the leaves? And I went, oh, yes. Cause I forgot about it. I no. forgot about it, but he didn't because he said, I will tell you. And so what he said to me, he said, well, he said the yellow, he says the yellow represents my glory because he says everything in heaven is duplicated in a small fraction on earth. So everything in, in heaven is duplicated here on earth to remind us of what is in heaven. And so he said that the yellow represents his glory. And when the leaves turn orange, that represents his fire. And he says in the when they turn red, he says that's the resurrection. And he says, and that's that when you see the red leaves, that's usually the end of the foliage, right? When everything starts turning red. Yep. Because that's when everything dies. And that's the right. resurrection. It's the promise of the rebirth. You know, it's funny you used to say that because when I was a kid, I always, because I was raised in a beautiful area on Long Island with a lot of trees, <laughs> and I always would get leaves, red leaves, yellow leaves, and orange leaves. Uh -huh. And put them in my, a little folder of a book, and I used to give them to my mother all the time, and she would save them for me. So, <laughs> Isn't that fun? Yeah, well, it, it's, it's, it's a, a whole lot of fun once you get into the habit that you can talk to this part of yourself and um, just have the communication continue. And, Absolutely. And we, yeah. As a matter of, uh, you know, I'm still going through stuff now, as you know, and I think I will be for a while. And uh, because the book has been finished for a while, but yet something is holding me back from self-publishing it because I really believe there's a publisher out there. Somewhere. I do too. So I started getting frustrated. And I think I told you this when we had dinner a couple of weeks ago for the past a couple of weeks ago. And I'm, I'm, I'm really talking to Bob and I'm going, listen, I said, something's not right. I said, I'm not feeling right. I said, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling I might be going into that zone again and I don't want to do that. I said, am I making the right move? Is, is, am I going, taking the right steps? So one night, apparently, I woke up in the middle of the night. I remember I told you this story, you and Rob. And uh, I, I woke up the next morning. I'd, apparently, I woke up in the middle of the night and I woke up the next morning and I looked on top of my laptop and I found a piece of paper, a pad, and I wrote something. I didn't know I wrote it, but this is what I wrote. I read it the next morning and this is it. I got the paper right here. I, of course, I typed it out, but I hand wrote this and this was the answer to the question I've been asking Bob for the past couple of weeks before that. And, and I swear to you, when I 
looked at it. I said, what is this? I don't remember writing this. And apparently I wrote it in the middle of the night without me realizing it. And it said, an amazing transformation is taking place in your life. Your trials, tribulations, and mistakes have become your teachers and greatest blessings. As a result, you have become empowered, wiser, and more resilient than before. Your mission then in this lifetime is to teach people in all walks of life your blueprint for success and happiness. Your circle of life is not yet complete. There's so much more I have in store for you. Don't look back, my friend. Don't ever look back. Move forward with faith. Bob. When I read that, I couldn't. Come on. I hand wrote it. I uh -huh. hand wrote it. And I read it. I decided because it was written all over. And that's what I wrote. Wow. Apparently, Come I woke on. up in the middle of the night and I wrote it. That was the answer to the prayer. But, you know, and it, it's funny because I tell people when they're trying to hear the voice of God, one of the things somebody told me to do, and it really helped me to, to hear God, is to journal with him. And so people are like, well, I journal, but that's not what I'm talking about. What journaling yeah. is, is you ask the question, just like you did, Steve. You yeah. ask the question and then you don't think, you just start writing. Exactly. Stream of consciousness. Just there write. you go. Don't think, because when you think, you ruin it. That's right. And so you can't, you can't think, you have to just let him. And then what happens? Because see, we were connected, we were created to be in connection with the father. We were connected. We are connected. There's like a, there's like a golden, like umbilical cord that's next to us. And what happens is that sometimes we disconnect from God and we mm -hmm. start putting it on different things. So we'll take that, that umbilical cord and we could put it into like fame or we could put it into money or we could put it into, you know, bad relationships or gambling or whatever it's going to be. That's going to help us to feel more. Okay, because we're, yep. we, we've but we've disconnected from God. And what happens for a lot of people is that they feel that nothing is fulfilling to them. So they so then they have to detach it from those different places. Okay, so it wasn't in the fame. Okay, so maybe it's in this, maybe it's in that. And so they're constantly disconnecting, reconnecting, disconnecting, reconnecting. And if they put it into the source, the source of life, the source of of who God created you to be, you know, he's your father, he's your mother. And so when we reconnect our umbilical cord or the golden cord back to the father, it's like instantaneous life. It's almost like we get this, this, uh, this complete understanding yeah. of who we are and who we're supposed to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny too, because you're saying we want more, we want more. And with that mindset, more is really less. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're just you're just screwing yourself big time. You really are. Yeah. Well, and, and and not that there's anything wrong with money or anything like that. No, it, of course not. It's the mindset you have about it is what's really important. When See? you place that above everything else, mm -hmm. then that's gonna be your God. That's right. Okay. And and you know, no, you don't want any false idols, you know, nope. as it says in the Bible, mm -hmm. I think. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and and it's but it I'm also no, you're good. Um, it also it also says that you know, and people will use this scripture. It's easier for a, a camel to get to the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven, mm -hmm. because. But but what people don't understand is that we can't take our wealth with us. Yeah. So when a camel has to go through that needle, which was like an opening inside of the gates, and it had to unpack everything. See, man won't unpack it. Man will hold on to it until his last breath. Yeah. 
but 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 uh, but I believe that that statement means uh, for a rich man to go to heaven. It's when that rich man thinks that that's the most important thing in his life. Because he won't let go of it. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. That's my point. See, I think there's a point in the I know you probably know this. When someone went up to Jesus, was a very wealthy man, and said, I want to follow you. And Jesus said that you have to let go of all of your materialistic things. And the, yep. the guy said, well, I don't want to do that. And my point of view, I don't, I think Jesus was testing him like he tested everybody, just wanted to see what that guy would say. But if that guy would have said, because the guy walked away, well, I'm not doing that. But if if that guy would have said, okay, I will do that. I don't think Jesus would have expected him to give all that stuff away. He just wanted to know is where is the mind? Where is your heart? Where is your soul? Where is your mindset? It was a test. And apparently the guy failed. But see, and that's the thing. A lot of people are like, well, you know, Jesus was poor. No, Jesus wasn't poor. Jesus had, Jesus had people who were uh, accountable for his money. He had money. He had, well, people were trying to sell his robe when he was crucified. Mm -hmm. And it it wasn't because it was a very precious robe. It was worth a lot of money. It was. And that's, see, that's the whole thing. You know, we misunderstood. Like there are a lot of people who will, they curse money. They curse it. I don't want to have money. It's this, it's that. Okay. And guess what? They don't have it. Yeah. Obviously. They don't, they don't have it's it. Like, it's like I said in the clip that it's you a played. Pover- it's a poverty mentality. That's right. The more you focus on your lack, the more of that you'll get back. That's There's right. a true state. You've heard this. Every, every one of you probably heard this. What you think is what you get. Your mm-hmm. thoughts create your life. Mm-hmm. So because as a man thinks, so is he. The, mm-hmm. the thoughts you have about anything in your life yep. will, will create your beliefs. Yep. And the beliefs, yeah, yeah, your thought, the beliefs you have about anything, think about your beliefs, folks, anything that you believe, they come from a period of time through a consistent way of thinking. Those thoughts create your beliefs and your beliefs write the story of your life. Mm, so so the more you think something, the more you solidify the belief. So if you're walking around saying, you know, I never have enough money and uh, I, I'm, I'm always striving and I'm always this, the universe, God, Bob, God is going, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. And, and and the more you keep thinking that, <clears throat> the more you're going to get the same result. You've got to turn it around. You have to make the first step. You have to make the move. So then let me ask you a question, <clears throat> because here you are, you, you went on this, you went on this um, journey, excuse me, you went on this journey with, you know, of self-discovery, trying to figure out what it is that wasn't working. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but what's, What's really interesting is not only did you find the life answers, but you found you found your life. You found your life source. You found God and in I, such very yeah. profound ways. So how has that changed not just the book, but how has it changed Steve? I had to get lost and lose everything before I found myself. Um, that includes money. That includes my wife. That includes everything. I knew I had to let go of everything in order to find myself. It was a one heck of a sacrifice. And the whole time, and this only happened after you and I and Rob talked at dinner, that this stuff started really coming together. Yeah, I have that effect on people. I start coming. <laughs> yeah, I know. Things started coming. And then I started to realize that, wow, yeah, you had to lose everything. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. in order to be in a position to do what Bob put me on this planet to do. Mm-hmm. I'm 70 years old at this point. I know I don't look it, but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I, but it's at this point now where I'm starting to realize just by this letter that I just read to you folks that I wrote right. myself, I, I had to go through all of that for me to be that spark that can ignite change in people's lives. And I'm, I'm, it's not, this is not my ego talking. This is the higher part of me saying it took me a whole lifetime to get here and I mm-hmm. wouldn't change any of it. And the, the greatest gift of all is that my, it's like I said in the letter, my greatest heart-wrenching challenges have become my greatest blessings. That's so good. It's because I, I, I've learned from them. I've been here, right? And, and I've been way down here. So I have something to compare it with. And now I'm gradually building myself up and I'm in a, I, I'm, I'm in a good place. And um, it all doesn't make sense yet, but I'm still on the journey and I'm aware of that too. Do I have my moments? Yes, we all do. And we, we all will. Everyone has their own crap to deal with at various stages throughout their lives. You can go two weeks feeling great, and then all of a sudden, three days you're in this slump, you know, but, but you come back up again. We all do it. The Gandhi goes through it. Oprah Winfrey goes through it. At least you go through it. We all do. We all have doubts. But the key is the more you trust the process, the less time that stuff stays with you because well, you have a quicker bounce back factor. And yeah. then if you could learn from it, then you're elevated even higher. And if you learn from it again, then you're even higher. Before, then you get to a point where certain things now are really easy for me. Oh, I know what I'm doing to myself. There's no way I'm going there anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and then life becomes easier. Well, you know, so one of the things that you said is that, you know, there's, there's a scripture and it says that we go from glory to glory. And so as we get healed of our stuff, as we start to change our bad thoughts into the thoughts that God would want us to have. What happens, we actually are being transformed into the image of the way that Jesus wants us to be, where we become less self-centered and we become more, you know, focused on what God would like. If we yeah. we stop thinking and worrying, you know, first of all, the, the biggest thing is that the worry and the fear is the biggest thing that makes us look old, number yeah. one. It, it, it causes all kinds of problems with our health. It's oh, that well. fear and it's that worry that causes it. Unforgiveness does that too. When you hold, like if you hold all kinds of crap against people and you can't let it go, that also causes all kinds of sickness and problems. So there's all these different things. And so when you start to say, okay, those negative emotions, those negative thoughts, those negative ideas that I used to have, I'm not going to have those anymore. And so I'm going to be able to live free and we've live fully centered on what I'm hearing. Like I, I'll, I say God, but, and you say Bob, and I know we're talking about the same person, but, but, but what we're, when we're talking, it's like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Cause I, I actually call him Papa and I'm like, okay, Papa, what, what is it that I'm supposed to do? How am I supposed to do that? And there have been times, man, Steve, he's like spanked me and he's, he's like, well, I want you to go and do this. And I'm like, but I don't want to go do that. And he's like, but Lisa, I need you to go do that. And I'm like, but, and he's like, but Lisa. And I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> you know? And yep. what happens, what happens is something that I didn't want to do because I was like, I was angry or I was upset or I was frustrated. What it actually did is it actually broke me and broke me free. And so yep. I was able to go to another, like you were saying, you, I was able to go to another level. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And, and another thing is that um, getting back to, you know, Bob helps those who help themselves. Uh, he can't heal you unless you're willing to be healed. He can't yes. forgive you unless you're willing to forgive yourself. And that was yep. my challenge when I left my wife. Yep. Why would I want to leave someone that was just, you know, I, I, we had such a great relationship. I had a hard time with that for a long time. And I still have a little bit of a challenge with it now, but I'm, <clears throat> I'm understanding more of the wise and, and more apt to forgive myself to allow that higher power to forgive, to, to do that uh, right. for Bob to do his part. But right. if you don't think you're worthy and if you don't think you deserve it and you don't right. think it's ever going to happen, it's, it's, you're never going to amount to anything. You won't go anywhere. It's well, and, yeah. But see, but it's that it's those those like you called them. Uh, what did you call it? Those uh, the thought, the trigger thought. The what did you? It was so good. I, I'm going to have to write this down when you were talking the about the, the destroying what? The destroyers of the spirit. Not the destroyers of the spirit, but it was about your thoughts. You oh, had a, your thoughts create your beliefs. Yeah, but then, but there was a negative to it. You were calling them the negative oh, thoughts. Self curse thoughts. Oh, that's so good, man. Self curse. Self curse talks. Self curse talks. talks. That's like a tongue twister, Steve. I'm just saying. Or thoughts. You can that too. Self curse thoughts is the same yeah. thing. Uh, it's the same thing. Okay. Well, but, and that's, that's the thing. It's like so many people mm -hmm. will get themselves into that, um, <clears throat> into that funk. Okay. When they, they, are upset about something or whatever. And what they do is they start to pull back from everybody. And yeah. so what they start to do, and then all they're left with is their thoughts. And if their thoughts are stinky, yeah. then what they're going to hear constantly over and over, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're never going to do this. You're never going to do that. Yeah. You don't hear, you know, I would constantly hear, you don't hear from God. Until I, um, there was this guy who, um, he really hears from God. Like he really, really hears from God. And I was like, okay, I go, I want, I want a word from God. And he's like, Lisa. And I'm like, okay, I usually don't ask. He says, well, I usually don't say anything unless God tells me. And I said, okay, I know that. I said, however, I'm very persistent and God knows I'm very persistent. So I'm here and I'm asking and he knows me and he knows I'm not going to take no for an answer. Right. Just like that. And, um. And all of a sudden the guy's like, what do you want to know? And I was like, <gasps> I was like, no, no, forget it. I changed my mind because now I knew like, cause he was like serious. He was like, what do you want to know? And I was like, all right, I changed my mind. Forget it. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And he's, and he's, and he starts laughing and he goes, okay, Lisa, I'm going to tell you this. He, and he, he told me a couple of things and he said, and most importantly, stop doubting that you hear, you got to tell that thing just to stop. Yeah. That's awareness. it. Yep. 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 I, I, uh, I call it the big mouth inside your head. Some people call it the ego. Some people call it the devil, which is pretty appropriate because if you listen yep. to it, there will be hello. There will be hell today. Yeah. Oh, and that's it, good too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As soon as you, as soon as you become aware, let's just say you're not feeling right at any right. point during the day, you just go, man, I'm just feeling so, I feel miserable. And then mm -hmm. you stop and go, I'm feeling bad. What is this? What am I thinking? 
Right, and then right. You start backtracking those thoughts, and then you realize, well, I have to shift my way of thinking mm. so I can feel better. So okay. So now, so this is the thing. So there are so many people who are are trying to, they're they're trying to to hear, they're trying to get into those those places, and they don't know how because I believe that your book, and this is this is, I'm just gonna I'm gonna prophesy a little bit over this book, but. And I, I've said this to you already, but I believe that this book is going to become a tool. And I, okay, so there's something a little different. <laughs> I hear something a little different. So um, I don't know, Steve, if you've ever thought about it, but I see it as a television show. Um, yeah, so do I. Uh, I okay. don't even know if I sent you that. It's it's called mm -hmm. The Bob Project, where, okay. where um, you know, from the book goes Bob goes to Broadway uh -huh. in the movies. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing it as a television show because it's going to help people to understand the, the personal relationship that we can have with God, the father. And, but, but what's so beautiful is that you've only touched the, the God part because there are so many parts of God. There's yeah. the Jesus part. Yep. You know, the best friend, you know, the the brother kind of thing. And and there's the Holy Spirit part. That's mm -hmm. that supernatural part of God. So, you know, you've only touched on the one part and look how much you've gotten. And so imagine when somebody gets the entire Trinity, because each of them has a different personality. Each of yep. them has a different job to do. So you have like God, the father who loves you because you're his child, but yep. you also have Jesus who loves you and actually died for you. And then you have Holy Spirit who loves you and lives inside of you. And it's like, so when you're talking about this inner voice, when you're talking about that, you're really kind of talking about that Holy Spirit because that spirit, which is God, the father's, the spirit, because we're created in the image of God. We are body. We are soul and we are spirit. So we are we are a trinity. And so when our when our earth suits stay here, our spirit goes up, right? And so when we start to to tap into that spiritual side of us, and I really believe that there has been such an attack against our spiritual selves evolving. Because if you look at people who are into new age or people who are into, I'm just going to say witchcraft or anything like that, they're so quick to get into that spiritual realm because that really is a very powerful thing. So when you can start to hear God, you can start to have these conversations and know for a fact that you're like, wait, I really think this is God because this isn't my thought. This isn't, I don't think this way. He's correcting me. He's helping me. He's challenging me. He's changing me. I'm yeah. learning to do things. I don't have that same fear. I don't have that same anger. I don't have that, that same emotion. There are things that are, are starting to, to move. And so many people will say that people don't change. But God changes people. That's the most assuring thing about it is that when you get to that point, which is where I, I'm getting now, uh, when when you, it's usually at night or at some point during a hectic part of the day, when I ask for guidance or if I ask for something, I just know it's going to be answered. 
And just mm -hmm. that knowing is just, it's an incredible feeling. And there were many points throughout the book. One of the things that Bob says to Bernie, man, and he knocks Bernie, he knocks the crap out of him in this book sometimes. <laughs> and he said, Bernie, I can create miracles, but sometimes you make it impossible for them to pass, to come to pass. And mm. Bernie goes, gee, can't you just sugarcoat it just a little? <laughs> he goes, well, you asked for the truth. And that's why they call it the hard truth. And that's, and, but see, that's the whole thing when, when God is speaking to us and sometimes the messages that he gives us, he's a, because like I said, he's a good father and he teaches his children. He teaches them how to listen. He teaches them that, um, that there are better ways of doing things. He, he gives us that guidance. He gives us that understanding. Yes, and that's why the pain is good sometimes, because sometimes you have to go through that hell to get to the heaven. Well, you know? if if you look at it, there's a there's the the one scripture about the prodigal son, and the prodigal son had a father, had a brother, and he had wealth, but he demanded that he got his inheritance early, and he took his inheritance and he left. He demanded yep. it, and the father gave it to him, and then he actually went and he spent it, and he gambled it, and he did all these things, and he wound up in a pig pen because he had no food. He had no money, he had no food, and he was hungry. And so for a Jewish person to be in the pig pen was like the lowest of the low. And it was then that he remembered that he was able, that his father had servants. And so he could go and see and if he could be a servant. He was going to go back to his dad and not go as a son. He was going to go as a servant. And he said, yeah. I don't deserve to be your son. And and when as soon as the father saw him, he went running, which is not common for for a Jewish because he was like a very wealthy man for him to go running. And he went running to his son and the son apologized and he was completely reinstated and he was given his authority and he was given a robe and he was given shoes and he was given back everything. And that's the, the beautiful part. What I see in this story of what Bob is doing is that yeah. Bob is taking Bernie and he's taking him and he's like, I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I know yeah. what you, you know, yeah. you know yeah. everything. He goes, but, but I want you to come in and I have all the things that I want to restore to you. I want to that, give that, you. That's exactly it. And, and he says to him, Bernie, because Bernie's nervous at, at the beginning. And he goes, Bernie, this isn't a scolding. This isn't a punishment. This is, I, I'm, I'm your friend. I'm here to tell you what your best friend will tell you. And it, it it's going to be the hard truth. But I'm just going to show you how to turn your life around. And it's up to you as to whether you adhere to what it is that I'm saying to you. And and it's anyway, that's that's the I, I think that I think it's so awesome. I think this is so awesome. And I just um I, I know that you've written two other books. So can you just kind of talk about those books? Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one book that's on my website now, steverizzo.com, is uh, Get Your Shift Together. <laughs> and uh, How to Think, Laugh, and Enjoy Your Way to Success in Business and in Life. The other one is called Motivate This, How to mm -hmm. Start Each Day with an Unstoppable Attitude to Succeed Regardless of Your Circumstances. That is so awesome. Steve, you are so awesome. I love you. You're awesome. I love you, too. And I think the amazing thing about us meeting here... Who would have thought this 40 years ago when you were working at Rascals and I was up on stage headlining, making people laugh? I said, I that, that's that's what makes me realize when 
whoever thought we would be like this 40 years ago? Mm-hmm. And whoever thought that Rob and I would reconnect and then all of a sudden when I found out where you are at this point in your life, and now it's like a whole different friendship is evolving. And it's it's just amazing how life works. It really is. And a lot of people are are interested in uh, in getting this book. Do you do you have like a, a waiting list that people can go to, or do you have like a mailing list that if people are interested in staying connected with you, if they go to your website? If you're interested in the book, you could uh, uh, email me at steve at steverizzo.com. I will put that in a special file on, on my computer. When the book comes out, uh, you will be on uh, top of the list to be the first people to know about it. I don't, I don't know yet when it's coming out. It's, it's coming. Be it will it, be this it year. It is going to come. Yeah, it's going to be this year. I, I it know is going to be this year. And all the waiting and all the questioning that I've had is just going to, it's like this letter. This letter meant so much to me when I wrote this. Um, it'll happen. And when it does, it's, it's, um, it's going to be a trip. That's all it I know. is going to be a trip and it's going to be a celebration. Yeah. I and then, that. and when you get it, when you get it and it's, and it's published, why don't you come back on the show? If I have to, <laughs> we, we can, we can put, I, like we I, can love put some I love what you're doing. I just, your energy is so contagious and, um, and, and it just comes from the right place of the view. And that's, that's just, uh, it's great. I love you. Oh, I love you too. And I think that God has some pretty amazing stuff in, in store for you. And I, and like I said, when I, I, I was going to talk about the book, but then all of a sudden I saw it as a TV show. Yeah. But I saw you playing Bernie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, I think it, I think it's time. I think it's time for you to, to get back what was stolen. I yeah. think it's time. And that I'm going to prophesy that over you, Steve, that the things that, that you, where you felt like you've missed it or that you felt that you, you know, should have, would have, could have, I just break those things off of you. And I just say that God has his hand over you, that he's moving you into a new direction and into this new season. As you start to meet and greet with people, you're going to start to make those connections that are going to be long-term connections. I even see that God even has somebody for you, that there is going to be another love interest who's going to come into your life. Because I hear Papa saying that he actually wants to give you the desires of your heart. Some of those desires have shifted and changed, but I still hear that Papa says that he wants to give you the desires of your heart because he knows that he's not going to lose you this time. That's, you're in. You're in it to win it, and you're in it to win it for him. Thank you. For, wow. Thank you for saying. That. <laughs> now I feel like the lion from the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> what are you going to have to say that for? <laughs> You know, you know that I love the Wizard of Oz. I know, I know. I had That's to do that. I would start crying if I did. No. <laughs> Come on, Dorothy, knock it off, knock it off. <laughs> I love you. Okay, so if you guys are interested in finding out more about Steve, you can actually go to his website. You can go to stevefrizzo.com. I keep yanking my uh, thing out. It's the Italian in me. I keep yanking out my my earpiece. <laughs> so if people want to get in touch with you and also the, if they go to your website, they can find some of your YouTube clips, right? Yeah. I have a whole U- YouTube channel there. Uh, all you have to do is everything's on the first page. Just keep scrolling down, sign up for my weekly Rizzo gram. It's free. 
Come on. Every, every week you'll get an article or a video on stuff that I'm talking about. And if you want to be on the list for uh, conversations with Bob, Steve at steverizzo.com. And I will put you in a special folder. Ah, there you go. Because we want we want you to be in a special folder. <laughs> you are awesome. Thanks, you are honey. awesome. I love you. Okay, hold thank tight. You. I'm going to see you in a minute. I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. Okay, guys, thank you so much for coming. Wasn't he awesome? I told you it was going to be so much fun. And look at look at how God is doing things. He does things so different and he uses different people and he uses your talents and he uses the things that make you you and look you don't you don't have to be somebody else you can just be authentically you that's what he's looking for he's god is such a um he likes individuality and and he's he's not he doesn't duplicate right that's not that's not what he wants he doesn't want you know clones he wants people who are authentic so just be authentically you and just say, just like Steve, you know, okay, let's do this. Let's just change the way that I'm thinking. Let's just, let's just go on this search. Why don't you just show me the things that I'm missing? Because he is always, always speaking. So I hope that you guys had a great time. Wasn't he so much fun? You guys got to go check out like his YouTube channel. He's so funny. Dang, he is so, so funny. So thank you guys so much. Don't forget tomorrow morning. I'm going to actually start a little earlier at 8.15. I have crown chat. So if you guys are interested, you can come and find me. Um, I don't know what I'm going to talk about tomorrow, but I know that Papa has something. So definitely come and check me out. Also, uh, as I said, if you go to my website, you can find out about Daddy's Girl June 25th and 26th. So thank you guys for coming in. I uh, hope that you guys have been blessed. Don't forget to go check out Steve Rizzo at steverizzo.com. And don't forget to go out and touch someone. Good night.